Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Kaiju Carnage. I am your host, Cal the Kaiju Guy. So, what's up, everybody? Uh, first and foremost, before I get into anything, I want to apologize for this episode being put out so late. I'm just now sitting down to record at 11.55 uh, at the time of this recording. Uh, my lovely lady had to get up kind of early to uh, get ready for work. And I also watched the film in question this morning. And then, of course, you know, because I didn't want to be disturbed whenever she went to come out to, uh, you know, to head out to work and everything. And then, of course, uh, right after she leaves and I'm sitting down getting ready to uh, to record, my neighbor decides uh, that it's a good time to start cutting his grass. And so that was going on like right outside uh, my window where I record and everything. And so I was like, of course, typical. And so, yeah, I've just been pretty much sitting here, uh, catching up on some YouTube videos and everything, watching a lot of model kit videos and reviews and things like that, because, you know, I'm just, I'm crazy about model kits right now. And, uh, <clears throat> I've been posting a lot of model kit, um, content on my TikTok and all of that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, you know, I've, I, I, I guess this, as far as my content goes, I've, I've really gone, jumped into the model kitting world. Uh, I used to be real deep into it and then I had a lull where I didn't really mess with it all that much. And now I'm pretty much fully back into it where I'm buying kits and putting them together all the time. And it's really fun. So I guess if I was to ever officially, if I wasn't ending this podcast, I would, I would officially <laughs> like rename it as like Kaiju carnage at Godzilla slash King Kong slash mobile suit podcast pretty much because I'm, I'm jumping into the mobile suit stuff. Like, like there's no tomorrow, but all of that aside today, I'm wrapping up a trilogy of films that I have enjoyed immensely. The kaiju slash tokusatsu slash yokai slash whatever um community enjoys these films tremendously i have the three movies and one collectible that's just like a little a little bandai like soft vinyl figure of him and everything and that is the daimajin franchise and today i'm wrapping it up uh the initial trilogy anyway by talking about the wrath of daimajin that came out in 1966 now as with the other two films, uh, I believe I talked about it with the other two films, prior to jumping into these to talk about them for the podcast, I had never seen the Dimogen films, you know, I'm not going to tell you guys the story yet again about how little exposure I had to these type of films growing up, and so the only way to be able to get them was to go out of my way to purchase them. And Daimajin was just one of those franchises that I never really jumped into. I never really went out of my way to to purchase the films or anything. They never really came on, you know, DirecTV or anything like that. So I was always just simply out of luck in, um, you know, <laughs> like just uh, being able to watch them. But then Arrow Video did a release and I looked it up, like, you can get it, it's about as cheap as you could possibly get it right now, like, anywhere on, like, Amazon or ordering it from Arrow Video directly. If you want the uh, Blu-ray box set that I have that comes in with a booklet, comes in with a, a theatrical poster of the original film, each uh, film has, like, a little postcard of 
the um, the poster of each film and everything inside it. It's really good, and it's on sale right now on like Amazon, Arrow Video, and all that. You can get it for anywhere between forty to fifty bucks. That's that's a steal, you know, to get to get these three films for that low of a price and all of that. So if you ever wanted to have your own uh, your own set of this box set, comes in with a real nice box and all of that. Like, it's really cool. I highly recommend going to get it if you're into, you know, Daimajin or just tokusatsu films in general and all of that. Like I said, it's done by Arrow Video. Just type in Daimajin Trilogy Arrow Video in Google and the links will start popping up and you can get it you know, anywhere from like 40 to $50 or something like that. Like it's a good deal right now. So go on ahead and go get it. Um, now before I jump into this, I'm going to go on ahead and say, <clears throat> as with, uh, the second film, whenever I talked about, talked about it, there's very little information about these films online as far as like how the making of them goes. And that's because of how they were made. They were all shot simultaneously. Each film had its had its own director, like there were three separate directors, but the the uh the score is virtually the same, the suit actor was the same, a lot of the like, you know, special effects directing and crew members and all of that was the same. Pretty much the only thing that changed that was the directors. So everything that I talked about whenever I talked about the original uh film in the trilogy, about how the suit was made and all of that kind of stuff. I can't talk about that with these other films because they, they made the suits and everything and the props and they just went with it and started making, uh, started making the movies and all of that. I do have a few things to discuss, uh, in this one with some particular scenes and all of that, but I got virtually all of my information from the Blu-ray box set that I have in on disc one of the, uh, you know, disc one, which is the first film that is just simply Dimogen, there is a uh, very short, like, documentary style, like, thing that says, like, bringing the monster, no, bringing the god to life, or breathing life into the god, something like that, and it pretty much just talks about overall, like, how the suits were made, how various scenes were shot and all of that kind of stuff. It's only like 10 minutes long. It's not super long or anything like that, but that's virtually what I got most of my information from. So uh, I'm just going to pretty much regurgitate that and just give my thoughts on the trilogy overall and then just also share uh, some other media that Dimogen is featured in that I might cover one day in the future as long as it's going to be before December whenever I end the podcast. So... Let's jump right into it. The director of this film was, and forgive me for butchering this guy's name, Kazuo Mori. And the composer for the film, once again, was Akira Ifakube. And the actor for Daimajin was, once again, Riki Hoshimoto. And the film was put out by Daie, the same company that does like the Gamera films and all of that kind of stuff. Now, as far as just giving, like, not doing, like, an, an actual review or anything, I've got to say, I liked all three films. This one, there's very high potential that this one is possibly my favorite film in the trilogy. I loved the original one, 
I won't say that I loved the second one, but I really enjoyed it. And I really, really loved this one as well. But I don't know... It's just the way the first one was shot and the way it was done. And, you know, just the feeling of whenever I'm, wa I'm watching it for the first time and I'm seeing Daimajin, you know, do his thing and just be this unstoppable force and all of that kind of stuff. Like, you know, like, it's, it's hard to beat. But from, a, like, a narrative perspective, I really, really liked this one. Because the... Uh, protagonists of this film are children and it really brought me back to a point like whenever I was a kid and I would be playing with like my brother and some of my cousins and all of that kind of stuff it seems like the adventure that these kids go on is something that like me my brother and my cousins would just come up with and go play like in the backyard or something like that so it had like a nostalgia sense to me to where it's like man I could I could I could have seen like me as a kid with my kid cousins and my brother and all of that, we would have done this. We would have played this game or something like that. So that was really cool to see, um, to see the movie played out the way that it did. I thought it was really awesome. Now, some of the things that I'm going to talk about is like just some little mistakes and how certain scenes were filmed now if you've seen the film spoiler alert if you've seen the film there is a scene where he's where Dimogen is walking down this long path and there's some explosions uh in the ground going off around him now how that happened they were essentially landmines <laughs> that were made and rigged and they were put inside metal pots and they were put down on the ground and all of that. And they knew it was going to be dusty. They knew that it was going to cause, you know, because they have the fake snow that's like blowing around. They have fans going on. Set was really loud and all of that kind of stuff and everything. And so basically what, um, basically how they did this was it was so loud. They couldn't hear anything. So they placed a flag at the end of the path that he was going to be walking down, that uh, Ricky was going to be walking down and everything, and basically would just say, action! And so he would take off and start going, and all he could see is the flag. Uh, and then after a while, it got to the point where he couldn't even see the flag. And because there was just so much explosions going off as the, uh, basically, landmines were going off, they also had, like, concrete chunks in there just for debris to be going off and all of that. Um, nobody could pretty much stand around in like the general area or whatever because they didn't want anyone to get hit with like debris and all of that kind of stuff. And then poor old Ricky, the uh, the suit actor, they figured he was, since he was all decked out in the suit, that he was going to be relatively fine and all of that. He was essentially walking blind during this time. He couldn't see anything. There was so much wind. There was so much... Uh, potato powder and all that because that's what they used to simulate the snow as well as some ground up styrofoam and all of that and he couldn't see so whenever they were like action the flag disappeared he was just walking blind through uh <laughs> through all of these little uh little explosions and all of that kind of stuff and a lot of the scenes that they would make it would be so difficult for him to see as well as here, they had to tie a rope to his leg, and whenever it would be time for him to start walking, they would tug on the rope to let him know, hey, this is your cue, and then he would start walking, and all of that. Uh, there was actually a, a mistake that was made in the film that you can spot it, I mean, it's very easy to spot. Um, 
there's a scene that whenever, you know, Daimajin, he essentially comes to uh, try and get through the gate where this work camp is. And whenever he goes, how they pretty much was going to do this was the suit actor was going to grab the gate and start lifting up to give the illusion that Daimajin was lifting up the gate, but it was attached by wires. And so the wires are actually lifting it up to give him the superhuman strength uh, feat, basically. But what happened was the timing was off on one side. And you can see that whenever he goes to lift up the gate, the gate actually leaves one of his hands. And you can see that he's like trying to outstretch his hand to reach to like put it back on the gate, but it's not working out that well. And so as you're watching the movie and he goes to lift up the gate and everything, he's essentially holding it up one handed. But you can tell, you know, the illusion is kind of dropped at that point because now you can like absolutely tell, oh, this thing is just on wires and it's a little too high on one side and he can't reach it with one of his hands. And luckily, you know, they, they just, you know, he essentially throws the gate and they left it in there and all that. So it is a little small mistake that's in there, but it's nothing that takes away from the film and all of that. I really, really enjoyed the film. Now that was a mistake. Uh, and, and one of the other money shots that's in the film and that shows like how, like basically the arrival of Dimogen. We see Daimajin actually, you know, whenever he's essentially the god on the mountain in this film, uh, in order to be summoned was a boy seemingly sacrificed himself to bring Daimajin to life so that he could avenge their family and all of that kind of stuff. And so he jumps off of a cliff into the snow. Well, Daimajin goes down into the snow to get him and actually retrieves the boy. The boy ends up living and all of that. And it's a really cool shot of like of Daimajin rising up out of the snow and all of that kind of stuff. And how they were able to do that was they dug... That was actually not the suit actor that's in that hole. That was a prop. And they dug a three meter deep hole and put the prop inside. Also, what they put inside was a fan that was activated, uh, a fan that was down at the bottom, and they surrounded the top of the hole with lights, and then put snow all, all around it and all of that kind of stuff, and around the prop was another plastic bag of more snow, so as he would be rising up, it would look like more snow is coming up with him and all of that kind of stuff, and so whenever they start to rise, uh, pull up the prop, the fan down at the bottom starts going, so it's like blowing all of the snow around just in an upward direction and all of that. And he's slowly coming up, and then whenever he gets pretty well up, there was a fan off to the side that they ignited, and it starts blowing the snow off of him and away and all of that. It's one of the best shots of the entire trilogy, in my opinion. Like, it looked really, really cool. They, they pulled it off very, very well. It was, it was pretty awesome. So now let's talk, that's, that's virtually all I've got to talk about some of the making of this movie and all of that kind of stuff, because, you know, like I said, not a whole lot of information exists out there. Not that I was able to find anyway. Um, talking about the trilogy overall, yes, it is the Daimajin trilogy, but really as far as a narrative perspective goes, none of the films are really connected to one another. And that's something that I think is really, really cool to where you could literally just watch any of the Daimajin films without seeing any of the other ones. You could watch this one without seeing uh, Daimajin or The Return of Daimajin and just jump in with this one. And essentially, like, you'll be okay. You could do that with the second one. You can do that with the first one. 
every, each one of them can pretty much be a standalone film. They they made them in such a great way in doing that that there's not this overarching narrative that just has to be kept up with to watch these movies. I have enjoyed these films tremendously. Loved them from start to finish. I do believe that the second one is the weakest one, in my opinion. Um, but that's not saying that I didn't like it. It just goes like, you know, like I said earlier, I loved part one and part three. And I just merely enjoyed part two. Like, you know, I'm not bad-mouthing part two. That's just that's just how it is. But, yeah, I, I have enjoyed these films tremendously. Uh, so glad that I got the box set. So glad that... I own these films, that I watched these films, that I was introduced to them, and all of that stuff. Um, because of these films, uh, I saw somebody, I believe it was Matt Frank. Uh, he, he was getting rid of some collectibles in his collection, and he had a Dimogen figure, and it was still available. And so I messaged him, I was like, is the, is the Dimogen figure available? And he said, yes. And so I got it. So not only do I have my own Dimogen figure, I got it from Matt Frank himself. So that just adds some weight to it, in my opinion. So yeah, it, it's really, really cool. I loved this trilogy of movies. It was fantastic. And I'll, I'll recommend them to anybody. By all means, go check them out. They were fantastic. I will go on ahead and say, they're not exactly child-friendly. They're not like, I mean, they came out in 1966 and all of that, but they are not like the Godzilla films of like the late 60s to early 70s where they're very child-friendly and all of that kind of stuff. There's a lot of blood. There's a lot of violence. There's a lot of killing in these movies and all of that. So take that as you will if you have little kids that want to watch it and everything. Uh, I highly suggest you watching it first before deciding if you want them to watch it or anything like that. Because, like I said, it, it, they're, they can be pretty violent films with the blood and the death and all of that kind of stuff. This is definitely was not aimed towards children whenever they were making these movies. But the films are, are fantastic, in my opinion. But again, if you were a parent and your child wants to check out uh, these movies, I highly suggest you watching them first as the parent. And then you can determine whether or not it's dated enough or whatever for your kid to watch it depending on their age and what they're allowed to watch in your household because everyone is different and all that, you know? I mean, I've told people before that, you know, growing up in the household that I grew up in, I, I very, very strict what we were allowed to watch. Um, you know, everyone knows the 1989 Batman film with Michael Keaton. For the longest time, me and my brother were banned from watching that movie because uh, Joker laughed whenever he killed people. I mean, that's just all it was to it. We were banned from watching the first live-action Ninja Turtles film because Raphael said the D-word. I'm not making that up. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's just that's just uh, how strict my household was with watching certain movies and stuff like that. Now, obviously, uh, you know, they got a little bit more laid back the older that we got and everything, but whenever we were very young, oh yeah, very, very strict with what we were allowed to watch. Um... That pretty much does it for the Dimogen Trilogy, though this was not the last time that we would see Dimogen on screen. In 2010, there was a TV series called Dimogen Canon that ran for 26 episodes from April 2nd to October 1st 
in 2010, though he is almost exclusively referred to as Bujin in this film as opposed to Daimajin. Um, it has been released on Blu-ray for Japan as well as in Region A from what I see, but also from what I see whenever I was looking to uh, one, Once Upon a Time to see like, hey, I, I would like to get this series one day to be able to watch it and because I'm a sucker for still owning physical media and all of that kind of stuff, so I wanted to have it physically to be able to watch it and everything. Yeah, well, uh, the, the physical copies of this film were, I mean, of this series was apparently limited in production. And to get it now, you're going to pay anywhere between $150 to $200. And I'm sorry, there's just no series in existence that I'm willing to pay that price for. It's just, nope, nope, not going to happen. So I did a quick search once upon a time to see what it was available on. And I see that episode one is available on YouTube. I'm not sure if the entire series is, but I know that episode one is. Again, it is called Daiju, Daiju, oh my God. It is called Daimajin Canon. And there's 26 episodes overall. Episode one, at least, is on YouTube in a dubbed format. And the next time that we would see Daimajin was in a film called The Great Yokai War Guardians that came out in 2021. This film is a loose sequel of The Great Yokai War that came out in 2005. I also have that film on... Um, Arrow Video did another collection, basically the Yokai collection, which it comes in with uh, the Yokai trilogy and then the Great Yokai War that came out in 2005 and all of that. And as far as the Great Yokai War Guardians that came out in 2021, SRS Cinema has secured the distribution rights for here in the States. And so as soon as that is available, I'm going to order that. Hopefully it will be available for me to purchase and watch before the podcast ends at the end of December and all of that, because I would like to cover uh, that Dimogen film as well. So just throwing that out there. So, alrighty guys, that pretty much does it for the Dimogen trilogy. I do wish I could have given more information or talked about it more and all of that kind of stuff. Um, maybe one day uh, I've talked about, because I still have a website and all of that, and even though I'm going to be ending the podcast, I don't want to just, you know eliminate the the website and all of that so i'm looking at possibly doing uh, i have the option to post blogs and stuff like that on there i'm looking at potentially doing a review like an official review from myself on every kaiju film that i've ever seen and start doing it you know maybe like once a week or something or like that to where like whenever people want to once i do enough of them if people would want to you know, check out a movie or something like that, they can see my blog posts that I have on my website and all that. So I thought that that would be pretty cool to do. Um, yeah, so I wish I could uh, give you more information, but I just, I don't have a whole lot to share. You know, all three films were made simultaneously. And, you know, unfortunately, that means that there's just not a whole lot to talk about other than how certain scenes were done on individual films, but I can't talk about how the props were made, the suit was made, because I already covered all of that in whenever I did the first Dimogen film, and I don't want to just repeat, you know, 10 to 15 minutes of each, <laughs> each episode that I do talking about how that was made and all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah. But, alrighty, guys, at this time... I do not have what I'm going to be talking about uh, next Saturday. 
I will uh, announce that either this Monday on Kaiju Rama or on uh, this Wednesday on the weekly Kaiju Havoc, and I will let you guys know what I'll be talking about a week from today. So, alrighty, guys. Uh, check me out on all of my social medias on Facebook. I'm Kaiju Carnage, a Godzilla slash King Kong podcast. I have a Godzilla Ultima fan page. And on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, I'm Cal, the Kaiju guy. So, alrighty, guys. Thank you all very much. Again, sorry the episode was so late and everything. But uh, we'll catch you all next time. This is Cal, the Kaiju guy, signing out.